Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer new back in America. America. Soccer new. Featuring person Talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode 168 of Soccer Noob Rock in America featuring Person Noob. No, we decided not to get you a gift of a new theme song. Uh, you know, we like me channeling my inner Jack Black just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> What have you gotten yourself into? Well, maybe a little silliness, but at least most of it's going to be soccer related. What we're primarily going to do is give you match mini previews of the 10 best matches, most paramount from anywhere in the world. But it's as we define that. And by what I mean that, uh, what I mean by that is this. It doesn't matter what country the tournament is in or the top flight league is in. If it's important where it's being played, there's a really good chance that it's on our radar. That allows us to cover matches from places that no other podcast Cast dares to go here in the Western world or probably even beyond. This particular week, we are going to be looking at matches uh, that will go from Friday the 29th all the way through Thursday, January 4th. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all rolled up in a one. Let's get this started, diving right in with... Match number one! I did say as we define them, and make no mistake, I meant it Saturday, match number one. It's a trophy match, and we're headed to Nepal, where they have two top-flight leagues. This one is called the Super League. It is their playoff final. It's being played in Kathmandu. Now, officially in AFC, or Asian Football Confederation competition, the top flight is the long-established Martyrs A division. But the Super League is a professional league. based. Uh, it's more like a franchise player, like we have the United States, or you might find in Australia. So, at this moment, none of these teams, even if they win, get to go to AFC competitions like their Champions League, but there's, I believe, a pretty vocal push being made to switch that up and have this league take over as the number one league since this one that actually pays. The top four teams got to make the domestic playoffs, and your final is number B, Dangadi, versus number four, Lalitpur. When they played in the regular season, I'm not sure which location they played at, but uh, they only played to a nil-nil draw. All right, as is our tradition, we'll talk about the hosts first. Dangadi finished second place in the league. Their club is also named for the town of the same name. It is the 10th biggest one in the country, about 150,000 people. It's in the far south central part of the country. In fact, it's right on the border uh, with uh, Uttar Pradesh, I believe, is the Indian state. Uh, there's plenty of light industry and services here, but it's primarily a very uh, rich agricultural area and a trade center. Uh, the club, like most are all of these, was founded in 2021, and that year they got to play, and then the next year they were off because of COVID. In 2021, this team finished in second place of the regular season, made it to this, the playoff final, before they lost. Uh, this year, it's a very low-scoring league. Uh, eight or nine teams, and they finished, yeah, nine teams, and they finished second best, tied for second best in offense, getting exactly one goal per match. They were tied for uh, fourth on defense, and uh, that was scoring just, or rather conceding, just under a goal per match. Overall, the number three goal differential. Key players to look for, tied for number four in scoring, Olawale Afis from Nigeria, and then also with the same number of goals for um, Ahmad Hijazi, a forward from Lebanon who's on load from a Premier League club called Safa from that country. Team's current form, uh, they were 0-2-1 before the playoffs. They advanced to 
into the final over number one Pokhara Thunders, 2-2 two to two, and then 4-3 on penalty kicks. Put a pin in that name, by the way. They've got a weird playoff format here. All right, and now your challengers, uh, Lalitpur. It is the fourth biggest city in the country, 300,000 people. This isn't, I'm, I don't think it's a true home match for them, but they are located in the far east end of the Kathmandu Valley. It's a very strongly both Hindu and Buddhist area and is a very rich cultural area. Lots of great uh, academic tourism to do, if you will. Uh, again, founded 2001, like most all of the clubs here. They finished third place that year and then lost in the playoff semifinal. This year, their offense, uh, they scored a little bit less than their uh, most of their counterparts. Tied for number five in that regard, getting less than a goal per match. But tied for second best on defense, giving up less than two goals every three matches. They had the second best overall goal differential. Most of the offense they were getting was from their number one league scorer with a half dozen, Imo Ezekiel from Nigeria. One national team appearance. Yeah, he's famous. Made that back in 2014 when I suspect he was just 21 years old. European fans, if you recognize his name, then you know the Belgian Jupiler Pro League because he has spent two of the longest stints of his career with Standard Liège. And then on the defensive side, I want to mention tied for number one in clean sheets with five was Jeffrey Baltus from France. Team's current form, they won their last match of the regular season, and then they beat number one Pokhara Thunders uh, one to two in added extra time. Uh, yes, the number one and number two seeds played each other, and then the winner got to go all the way to the final. The loser had to play in sort of a secondary semifinal, if you will. That's why they both advanced by beating the number one team in the league. Match number B. You heard it in the first match, and for our newer listeners, my daughter was referring to number B because number two, quite frankly, is bathroom talk. It's uncouth, and we have no place for that here. Join us in the Revolution. Replace number two with number B in your lives. You will be happier for it. I absolutely promise. Listen to it in action right now. Match number B comes from League One in Tunisia. It is the fifth-ranked league in all of the CAF. That is the uh, Football Confederation in Africa. This league is divided into two groups of seven teams each. The top three from each will move on to the champions round, and then the rest will all go to a relegation round. Overall, two teams will get to go to the Champions League since they're in the top 12 in Africa. And then another team, the third place one, presumably, will get to go to the Confederation Cup. That is their equivalent of the Europa League. There's about two to three matches left, depending on which club you're looking at here in the first phase. Your matchup, it is a dandy. Number one, uh, oh, my French is bad, Etoile. E-T-O-I-L-E du Sahel versus uh, Stade Tunisien. They are in Group A, not that the lettering really matters for our purposes. Uh, du Sahel, they lead uh, Tunisien by one point in the table is all. So the regular season uh, title is very much on the line here. Uh, and the series also very much belong to uh, Du Sahel. 13-5-5 is their record over the last several seasons. And Sahel won earlier this season when they played on the road. No one. Let's talk about them first. They are known as the Pearl of the Coast. That's really cool. They play out of a team that I'm not sure how to pronounce. I'm simply going to go with Sioux or Seuss, S-O-U-S-S-E. It's a northeast port city, about three quarters of a million people. What it's really famous for agriculturally, I almost can't wrap my mind around it. Almost a thousand square mile olive orchard, all one orchard. Sounds just incredible. Plus, I love olives. Um, this is considered to be the second best club in the country historically uh, behind a different one called uh, Esperance. They have won 11 league titles and are your defending champions. They've also even won one Champions League title there in Africa. That was in 2007. Domestically this year, they've got the second best offense going, getting almost one and a third goals per match. Number one defense giving up just over one goal every three matches. Yeah, this is two in a row where goals come in at a little bit of a premium. They've got the number one overall goal differential and are your favorites for this group. Uh, tied for number three key player in scoring with four on the season so far is Hamza Jelassi. He is a homegrown defender for them. Must play a lot of wing back to be uh, getting those kinds of goals. Team's current form, uh, they are 2-1-0 and oh in league play, and they are still fighting in the Champions League in Africa that's ongoing. 
And now Stade Tunisien, they play out of a town called Lebardo, or not a town so much as a district, if you will, in Tunis. Um, the word comes from the Spanish pardo, with a P as in Paul, means garden. It's in the west part of the country, city of about 75,000. And overall, it's one of uh, three greater capital city area clubs. They're known as the Baklava. I am not sure why they have a dessert for their nickname, where perhaps there is a, uh, a you know, a secondary or alternate meaning in the native language there that other than the dessert that we're used to knowing about here. They have won four league titles, but the last time, yeah, it's been a tiny bit, 1965. Uh, they've made two Confederation Cup appearances here in the 2000s. They're very much your underdog. This is a big step up for them just getting this high. Last year, they were in ninth place in the league, and that was because they were just playing one group, I believe. This year, the offense are getting almost one and two-thirds goals per match. That is best in the group. Uh, third best defense, but things are tight statistically in that regard. They're giving up less than a goal per match. Second best overall goal differential. Key player to look for, tied for number three in league scoring, is Haytham Juini. And uh, teams current form, they've got four straight wins going, seven and one goal differential despite that. And I don't have any gambling odds for them, but uh, whatever you find, you're very much going to get a positive bet here on uh, uh, Tunisian, by which I mean that you're going to see like plus 400 or 500. They've got a tough road to hoe going on the road for this one. Match number three. Get on your slip-on shoes. That makes it easier to get through security. We're headed on a commercial flight to Nepal, where one of the big leagues is the Nepal Super League. Now, here's why I phrase it that way. The A Martyrs Division has been the top flight, and it is one that is uh, built like uh, most other places, say in Europe, where it is a club-based model. It's been the number one league there for a very, very long time. Uh, this league, the Super League, has been in existence on and off the last couple of years, and it is a professional league or a franchise league, kind of like uh, Major League Soccer or the A League down in Australia. What you need to know is this, though. Well, these players are getting paid, and there's probably a lot of crossover between the two leagues, quite frankly. This league is not the one that gets berths into Asian international competitions. Nobody here goes to the Champions League or anything like that. But there's a lot of noise uh, in and around Nepal that this league, since it's paid, should become the top flight league. So, you know, we'll see how that goes in the future. As things stand right now for this league, there are nine teams. They simply play a single round robin before the top two move on to the playoffs. This is the last match of the regular season. And your matchup, two teams that are playoff bound, but battling for the top seed. Number B, uh, Dangadi taking on number one, Pokhara Thunders. Uh, Pokhara they lead Dangati by just two points to the table. So it's going to take a win for the hosts for them to snag that top spot in the bracket. But since there's a good chance we'll be revisiting one or both of these teams next week as they quickly make their way into and through their playoffs to the final. In fact, I know next week we're going to be talking about the final. That's just the way the calendar is going to work out. Let's take a timeout and simply figure out how we want to bet this thing, make a little bit of money. Now, we could do a lot of, could do a lot of hard work and research, but I've been doing some of that already. Let's cheat and reintroduce ourselves to our in-house 3,500-year-old prognosticator, Noob Stradamus, to see if we can... We've had trouble finding him the last few weeks, get a lot of radio interference or something, but hopefully we can find him, get in connection, and get a drug-aided or drug-addled vision the way it normally seems to go out of him and some news on how we can bet this thing so we can all pay off our mortgages. All right. Take it away, please, oh mighty soothsayer. Match number four. 
While unfortunate once again that we have reached some technical difficulties in trying to reach Noobsterdamus, hey, at least we got to hear an old soul there. That was, and I'm going to mispronounce this because my French is a of a heady genie. I think I mispronounced that name earlier when it was attached to a player, J-O-U-I-N-I. He was basically the Tunisian version of Frank Sinatra. What a voice. So, so full. So smooth. Absolutely love getting caught up on that once again. But it's too bad we don't know how to bet on the game. Well, maybe next time. All right, on to match number four. We're headed northward into Europe for a match from Serie A, Italy, the number three ranked UEFA league. They get four teams to the Champions League, what we used to call group stage. It's now going to be called a league stage. And before Matt it a little differently, get into that another time. One Europa League league stage berth, and then one Europa Conference League playoff round berth. They're almost halfway through the season. Yeah, they max out on those berths for being such a good league. Number B, Juventus versus number six, AS Roma. Taking a look at the table, Juve, uh, Juventus, they currently trail number one Inter Milan for the regular season title by four points. Roma, they trail number five Fiorentina by two points and lead Napoli by one point. Gives you some idea of where they are. Series between these two has been even more Juventus than I would have thought in recent years. 16-7-8 and eight has been their record. You can catch this one on Saturday, 2.45 in the afternoon, Paramount Plus. Juventus, they're often known as the old lady or the girlfriend. Uh, they're also known as the Hunchback, which most will tell you there, as I understand that that, that nickname had to do something with some uh, very strange uh, laced-in-the-front shirts that they wore in the 1950s. They kind of made them billow up a little bit behind the collar or under, you know, back by the neck area. Give them a little bit of that Hunchback look. They are out of the northwest part of Italy called Turin. 36 league titles to their credit. Last one was 2019-2020. Twice they have won won the European Champions League, though not this century. 1995-96 was the last one. They played in the group stage of the Champions League last year and made the final most recently 2016-2017. Last year, they finished in just seventh place. I think that might have had to do with a points deduction. This year, the defense is excellent. They're second best in that regard, giving up less than two-thirds of a goal per match. Second best overall goal differential. They could have been a favorite for the league title, but they keep struggling for goals. They're tied for sixth in that regard. Uh, tied for second best in clean sheets, since we're talking defense, with eight is uh, Wojciech Sesenny. That's Polish. I'm probably butchering it, but he's 33 years old. Started his pro career with Arsenal. Not a lot of people may remember. He only made one appearance for them. Kind of a fun fact for you. And he actually did two loan stints with Roma before he came over here in 2017. And he's made nearly 80 national team appearances since a decade or so ago. But in my opinion, the overall team MVP has probably been Adrian uh, Rabiot uh, or Rabois from France. Central midfielder Rabiot. Yeah. Two goals, three assists. Gets into a lot of duels, very aggressive defensive player, and he wins uh, three out of every five. So he's strong in that regard. Spent the heart of his career over with PSG in Ligue 1 France. We've got a USA connection as well. Weston McKinney, yes, a midfielder who has done some time with the U.S. men's national team. He came over here after four seasons with Lille in Ligue 1 France. Team's current form, they are unbeaten in their last dozen. And now Roma known as the She-Wolf, a nod to their folkloric or mythological uh, city's genesis, if you will. I did not know that they were owned by an American or an American group. It's an investment group called Franklin. Uh, they've won three league titles. Last one was the first one this century, 2000-2001. They won the Europa Conference League. I mentioned that earlier. For newer listeners, there's three international club tournaments, uh, Champions League, and then below that, Europa League, and then below that, a fairly new one, Europa Conference League. They made the Europa League final last year. Champions League, best they've ever done, was second best, 1983-84. They lost in the final. 2017-18 was their modern best this century, basically. Uh, that was 2017-18. They're about to play Feyenoord out of the Netherlands, one of the big three over there, in the Europa League playoff round. That is right before the group stage. Last year, they just finished in sixth place. This year, the defense has sort of been hurting them. Things are kind of tight statistically in that regard. They don't give up much over 
over one goal per match, but that's not far above average in this league. They are third best on offense, offense and tied for number three in overall goal differential. I do think that this is a team that can uh, climb and maybe even get to one of those Champions League spots, even if they don't start that move on Saturday. Key players to look for, tied for third best in scoring is Romelo uh, Lukaku, one of the world's great strikers. He's from Belgium. Uh, he's done time, as you might know, with Everton, Manchester United, Inter Milan. He's on loan from Chelsea here right now, actually, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense to me because Chelsea can sure as heck use him or anyone right now. Uh, team MVP, though, has probably been uh, their number one assist guy, number one in the whole league tied for that. Uh, Paulo Dybala, their Argentinian attacking midfielder. He's injured right now, though. He's expected back in a week for two. Bad time to be missing him for a key match like this on the road, especially because he knows his team well. He spent seven years with Juventus. So, who's their second best player overall? In my opinion, you've got to look to another central midfielder, and that's Brian Cristante. Two goals, two assists, uh, really high volume on duels, gets him into a lot of them, has a strong win percentage, especially in the air. He's a little bit better on uh, defense than he is offense, but on the road, they're going to need that. And this is a guy who can bring it. He's got the experience. Nearly 40 national team appearances for Italy. Team's current form, they've had just one loss in their last eight matches across all competitions. And now, finally, your first uh, betting, true betting advice. Uh, even though we tried to get a hold of Noobstramus earlier, I have been doing a lot of stuff on one of the big sites out there and doing pretty well. So I've got some confidence, even though I got Noob in the name now. Uh, what I was seeing on DraftKings is that you can get Juventus plus 100 in this one. Really, uh, really surprising. Now, you're going to get a bigger plus with uh, Roma. It's uh, fairly even across the board, but I'm surprised you can get plus anything with them at home. Roma have not been scoring on the road. Juventus are undefeated at home, and Juventus historically, or at least in recent years, they've been winning twice as many matches as they've lost. So draws aside, I really think that there's a lot of value in this bet. Match number five. North and west within Europe we go. Match number five, crossing over some water to get to Northern Ireland, where their top flight is called the NIFL, or the Premiership. It is just the 42nd-ranked league in all of UEFA. I believe most or all of these teams are semi-professional, but as always, we define the games that are most important. And this is a number B versus number one matchup. Just real quick, this league only gets uh, the minimum uh, number of berths, basically, into European competitions. Champs will still go to the Champions League, albeit the first qualifying round, and then their next two teams will get to go to the first qualifying round of the Europa Conference League, that third-tier one we've talked about. They're about two-thirds of the way through this triple-round-robin season that's got uh, 12 clubs in the league. Your matchup, the top two, number B, Larna versus number one, Linfield. Linfield lead by just one little point. Uh, Larna, in turn, they lead number three, Cliftonville, by one point. So this is anything but a two-horse race. Very even series between these two. Last couple, three seasons, uh, Larn with a slight advantage, 6-7-5 and five record, but they've had the best of it this year so far, winning 2-0 and then 1-2 when they were on the road, and we'll talk about them first. Larna, that is also the name of a city, well, town, a uh, little under 20,000 people there, probably east-northeast poor city. Very biggest uh, piece of the economy is their roll-on, roll-off uh, port there. So if you're getting a car, a Jeep, farm equipment, anything big, and you're anywhere on the island of Ayer, uh, it's probably getting rolled off right here. Give a little perspective, this club is ranked uh, number 340, I believe, right now within all of UEFA. Uh, they've won one league title, and that was last year, your defending champions. But the last three years, they've actually been to various UEFA competitions. 2021-22 uh, Europa Conference League was the only one in which they won any matches. They actually advanced all the way to the third qualifying round. Really good. This year, really good is in very well balanced. Uh, number three offense getting over two goals per match and a top two defense to go with that. Second best overall goal differential. Not my favorites to win the league, but boy, I sure wouldn't want to bet against them and probably not today. Day here at home. Key player to look for, tied for third best in league scoring with 10, is Andy Ryan out of Scotland. He is their striker. Team's current form, hard to bet against this, I suppose, unbeaten in their last 16. They have also won three straight league matches uh, with an astounding eight versus one goal differential. 
And now Linfield, uh, they're out of the greater uh, Belfast area in the southern part. They are known as simply the Blues, and they have competed in the Irish Top League every year since 1890. Yes, that is a European record. Um, <clears throat> this almost has to be a tie. Oh, this is between all three. Now I understand my notes. 111 titles between league play, uh, the Irish Cup or the FA Cup, and then their League Cup, a secondary tournament uh, that's also considered pretty major. That's just an unbelievable number. 56 league titles alone. 2019-2020, uh, nevertheless, the Europa League, they made the playoff round. That's right before the group stage and when the event is truly thought to, you know, said to begin. That is the best they've done here in the modern era internationally. Last year, they were your league runners-up. This year, the defense, uh, not much better than average, uh, but they've got the number one offense getting almost two and a half goals per match. Third best goal differential. Another team that isn't my favorite to win the league this year necessarily even though these are your top two i think we'll see more moving we'll be visiting northern ireland again all right these are the players you want to look for or at least i've got one for you tied for fifth best in league scoring with nine is joel cooper homegrown central midfielder give you some perspective on how this compares to uh, some of the rest of uh, the uk he spent a lot of time with uh, oxford united which are currently in league one or the third tier over in england Team's current form, they have 1-4 straight with a pretty fair 10 versus 6 goal differential. Apparently, the kitties did not enjoy the black beans I tried to feed them that I let, you know, boil over the new year for good luck. They crave what they always do, a recap of the previous week's matches. Let's give it to the match number one last week was a Friday match. The FIFA Club World Cup final between Manchester City and Fluminense, and it was a rout. I said to bet Manchester City minus 390, despite the... Uh, you know, the big odds on the favorite there, uh, the result, it would have paid off. Manchester City won 4-0. Match number B from Nicaragua's uh, Liga Primera, the Apertura stage final, second leg of the home and away two-legged tie between number one for the regular season, Real Esteli, and number B, Dirian Hen. I had said to bet Real Esteli minus 110. The result was a 1-1 draw. It took added extra time. Uh, Dirian Hen, so they won the title 1-2 on aggregate. Uh, Real Esteli, uh, Byron Bonilla that we said to look for had a goal, so I guess we missed that one on the betting. Ha! Match number three from Nepal's Super League. Number B, Dangadi versus number one, Polkara Thunders. They played to a 1-1 draw, no change in the table there. Saturday, match number four from Guatemala's Liga Nacional, Apertura final, second leg of the home and away two-legged tie between uh, number one from Group A, Comunicaciones, versus number uh, four from Group B, Guas Toya. Uh, I said that if you must to bet Comunicaciones bet minus 185. I wasn't crazy about the low payout, and it's good that we didn't bet on that because Guastatoya won 1-0. Nevertheless, congratulations to them. Match number five from El Salvador's Primera División, the Apertura final single leg there. Number one, C.D. Aguila versus number six, uh, Jokoro. We said to bet Aguila, despite the moderately low payoff, minus 200. They were big favorites and proved it. Carlos Salazar had a goal in the 3-0 trouncing. Match number six from England's Premier League. Number three, Liverpool versus number one, Arsenal. Played to a 1-1 draw. No change in the table there. Match number seven from Australia's A-League women. The Melbourne Derby. Melbourne City versus the Melbourne Victory. Number B and number three in the table, respectively. We said that if you must to bet the draw because of the two plus 260 payout. We like to stay away from derbies. Uh, I also suggested that if you really wanted to bet both to score, if you wanted to swallow the minus 190. Turns out we would have been wrong all the way around. Uh, Melbourne said he won one nil. Uh, that moved them up to number one in Melbourne victory down to number four. Match number eight from the Cypriot first division. Number one, Apoel Nicosia took on number B, Ammonia Nicosia and Apoel minus 105. We really recognize this as a top bet for the week. We said, that's spicy. That's what I have here in my notes. And the result was spicy indeed. Apoel, they got a 3-0 win. Marquinhos got the opening goal that we said to look for. This knocked Omonia down to number three. Sunday, match number nine from the UAE Pro League. Number B, Shabab Aleni versus 
uh, from Dubai versus number one, Al Wassel. Uh, we said to bet Wassel plus 215 because this wasn't a road game in the truest sense. The result was an Al Wassel win, one to two. We made a little quid that knocked uh, Shabab down to third place. Wednesday, match number 10 from the Jamaican Premier League, number B, Arnett Gardens versus number one, Mount Pleasant Academy. It was Arnett Gardens getting the two nil win. And now your bonus matches with explanations coming later. Saturday was your route of the week from the Championship of England. The second division, number one, Leicester City versus number B, or number 22, rather, Rotherham. And we said to bet Leicester to win and score over two and a half goals, minus 130. And uh, that came out as we expected. Leicester got a big 3-0 win. Your most meaningless match in the world, a Tuesday match from the Yemeni League. Number five, Salam versus number four, Al Shaab Hadra. Uh, hard to pronounce. Shaab Hadramaut. Uh, this match got postponed, probably because nobody else knew how to pronounce it either. And then your finally match of disappointed Tuesday was a Tunisian League One match between number seven in their group AS Slimane versus number six Gafsa. Uh, we said to bet Slim, uh, Slimane plus 115, though we didn't really trust either team to do anything. Well, uh, Gafsa did something. They got a new nil to win. No change in the table there, though. That concludes your recap of last week's matches and betting. Now let's get back into the upcoming week's matches with... Match number six. We remain on Saturday on the calendar, an absolutely loaded day, and this time we're off briefly to the Premier League of Mauritania. Yes, nation in Northwest Africa, ranked number 21 in uh, the CAF, the African Football Confederation. They'll still only get to send one team to the Champions League, but that means they're pretty good, the fact that they're ranked at all, because they don't rank uh, much more than half of the leagues in Africa. And they're just about halfway through the season here, maybe just a touch behind your average Western European League uh, time-wise. Your matchup is a great one. Number one, A.S. Uh, Duanes versus number B, uh, Nwadhibu. Duanes lead Nwadhibu by five points in the table, uh, but Nwadhibu have two matches in hand and are undefeated. They are the power in this league, expecting them to be once again, but the road, never an easy task. But um, I think we're going to be visiting this one in the second half of the season, and this is the time of show. We usually take a timeout, or at least I take a timeout, to let person noob run things. Yes, time to get away from the football and into Aminos. Aminos. Christmas Aminos from, from around the world. world. Oh, yeah. I don't really know why it's a Christmas Aminos. Christmas! Yeah, Christmas it, and New Year's. It's Christmas the holidays. time. And what animal that is in danger or close enough to it are we going to be talking about the, for this episode? The straw-colored fruit bat. That's not a very, like, weird, cool, original way to name an animal just to say, okay, well, you're that kind of animal and you're that color. Straw-colored fruit bat. Yeah, but what's its status? Its status is near threatened. Mm-hmm. Now, it's called the stra- straw-colored fruit bat, but why? Um, because the wings are black. Well, that's not straw-colored. What about the males? Uh, uh the male bodies are bright orange. Mm, still not straw-colored. And the females are yellowish. Okay, so for some reason they've been named after the female coloring. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Could have been the bright orange fruit bat, named it after the dudes. I don't know. I don't know. Women rule the world, right? Or at least the bat world. The straw-colored fruit bat naming world. Yeah, well, okay, that is the world then. <laughs> All right, tell me a little bit about it. What do you know? All right, um, their uh, other colonies are 100,000 to a million. Gah. <laughs> I, I don't think I have a, an acute fear of bats, but I might be developing one right this second. <laughs> just, just hearing those words. A million? Yeah. My goodness. How could there be enough of enough of whatever they eat to eat a million of them? That is crazy. All right, tell me about like, you know, how they get their food. All right, um, uh, they hunt by sight and smell in smaller groups. Okay, they don't send out a million at a time. Well, that makes <laughs> sense. Are they nocturnal like other bats? Nope, they also do stuff during the day. Ooh, kind of a little bit of both. All right, tell me about the stuff they eat. Um, they chew on softwood for moisture. Soft wood? Soft wood. I have never heard of such a thing, just chewing on wood to get water. Okay, that's weird, but go on. Um, uh, and they pollinate flowers uh, in dispersed seeds. I had never heard of anything but uh, birds 
doing that. I'm really surprised. Well, I guess if they're you know messing around with those, they would get the pollen on them, so that stands to reason. Hopefully they don't. Uh, hopefully they're doing better than uh, bees are doing in some years. Yeah. All right. So what's the main threat to them? Why are they near threatened? Human hunting. What do people want bats for? Well, um. Uh, in 2011, over 128,000 of them were traded as food in just four uh, southern cities of Gahana alone. That's a lot of bushmeat. That's a lot of bats. So people are eating them? People are eating them. No, you cannot. What? No, this is the first. Other people are eating them, so apparently it's okay, and I don't want to eat this one for some reason. But it's a fruit bat. Yeah, I don't think it's going to taste like, you know, yes, pomegranate hibiscus yes, tea or whatever you think. No, no but... I want to eat it to find out. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's flipping the script. First new wants to eat the am. I say yes. I actually am not sure because I did some reading up on these two. I don't know if it's, you know, considered illegal or anything like that technically, but obviously it's not, uh, or at least in recent years, it's not taboo enough or enforced enough that people are bothering to not eat the bats. But, all right. You got anything else for us? Nope. Nope. It's a bat. It eats fruit, and it's straw-colored. And I want to eat it. And you want to eat it. Uh, I would just settle for something fruit or even fruit-colored, just not a bat. A straw-colored fruit bat sounds better. You know, a bat is, is wood, and bats chew on soft wood. Coincidence? Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right. And this was Animals from, from Around, around the, the World. Oh, yeah. Let me eat them. Match number seven. Not geographically efficient at all. We head back to far western Europe to the British Isles, this time Scotland, where their premiership is ranked much higher than Northern Ireland's. They are number 10 in all of UEFA, so they get a bit of a boost when it comes to births into international competitions. One team to the Champions League league stage, one team to the third qualifying round of that, so almost the league stage. Uh, they will get another one to the Europa League second qualifying round and another one to the Europa Conference League second qualifying round. That's almost half the league. They're about halfway through the season. Your matchup, it is the Old Firm Derby. Number one, Celtic versus number two, Rangers. Uh, Celtic, they currently lead Rangers by five points in the table. Unfortunately, because Rangers are a, are a noob team favorite, actually. But Rangers have two matches in hand, so this is a hypercritical matchup. The recent series between these two, you'll find out in a moment why I phrase it that way, and this is considered recent by old firm derby standards. Celtic have uh, won 26 out of the last 48. There have been eight draws in there. The all-time series between these two is almost dead even. 169 wins for Rangers, 166 for uh, Celtic at 100 and two draws. When they played earlier this season, uh, perhaps most importantly, Celtic 1-0 won on the road, and now they get to host. You can catch this one on CBS Sports Network, 7.30 in the morning, Eastern Time. Celtic, they're known as the boys. Uh, old school spelling with an H in there, B-H-O-Y-S. They have won 53 league titles and are your two-time defending champions. International highlights. They won what is now the Champions League back in 1966-67, the now Europa League, just before it changed names, 2002-2003. They just went out of the Champions League group stage, so had a pretty successful run there. 2012-13, they made this uh, Champions League round of 16. That's tied for the best they've done here in the modern era. Their defense is good. The offense is amazing getting over two and a third goals per match. That is best in the league. They have your number one overall goal differential and are your favorites, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> tied for second best in scoring. You want to look for uh, goals? Well, you've already got nine from Matthew O'Reilly out of Denmark. Uh, central midfielder, just 23 years old. I would say he is your uh, team MVP. According to the uh, FootMob app that I used, he's considered second best in the entire league for overall stats. Started his career with Fulham over in England. Uh, Inter Milan really want him right now, but he's also been linked with uh, Premier League or Championship level teams like Leeds and uh, West Ham over on the other side of the water. One source I read says his market value is about $13 million. Celtic are claiming they went a little over 30 
million. Somehow, I think they'll come down on that. You know, Scotland's not exactly a poor league, but and those are you know Celtic's a pretty well-to-do team, but that's a huge gap. I think that's a they're not going to get anywhere near thirty. Key players to look for. Number one in assists in the league with nine. Uh, Luis Palma from Honduras, left uh, left winger, 23 years old. He's also number one in successful dribbles per 90 minutes. Uh, he's played for Real Monarchs, the second division team over uh, with uh, uh Real Salt Lake, yes, I almost couldn't think of the name for a moment. So he has really climbed getting to this level. He's been linked to a move to Stoke City over in the English Championship, the second division. Uh, <laughs> they're not asking nearly as much for him. Uh, three and a half million is more likely the asking price. Number one in Acura passes per 90, a USA connection. Cameron Carter Vickers, uh, their center back, who came up with the dreaded Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, he's from the U.S., but boy, you start affiliating yourself with teams like Celtic and Tottenham. Ugh, noobs respect goes down. But he has played for AFC Bournemouth, which is our favorite Premier League team. So there is mitigation to our ire and vitriol. 16 U.S. men's national team appearances for him. Team's current form 2-0-1 in their last three. And now the noob favorite from this league, Rangers. We come from humble Protestant uh, origins here. Uh, let's see. They are considered the 22nd highest ranked club in all of UEFA right now, just ahead of Eintracht Frankfurt over in Germany. Give you some perspective there. They play from uh, the greater southwest Glasgow area. This is a town called uh, Goban. They've won 55 league titles, 2021-22, the most recent. Two Europa League titles. The more recent was 2021-22. And they're about to play in the Europa League round of 16. Uh, 2005-2006 Champions League, they also got to the round of 16, best they've done in the modern era. Last year, they were your league runners-up. This year, the offense, uh, it's fine. The defense is outstanding. They're giving up exactly a goal every other match on average. That tops the league, and they have the second-best overall goal differential. All right, here's the players you want to look for. Tied for second best in league scoring with nine, uh, Abdallah Sima from Senegal. Young fella, 22 years old, left winger. He's actually on loan here from Brighton, so we know where his next move is most likely to be. Your team and league MVP, I believe, is James Tavernier from England, uh, right back. He is tied for third best in assists and tied for third best in scoring with five and nine of those respectively. And he does not slouch on his defensive responsibilities. He is tremendous on interceptions and defensive recoveries. Tied for number one in possessions, one in the final third, getting the goal, getting the ball back near the goal you want to put it in. Uh, Danilo from Brazil, their striker, but he's injured right now, so you wonder how much that'll hurt the offense. And then number one in clean sheets by a lot, with a dozen. That is Jack Butland from England. He's also got the number one save percentage. He's the only guy who's uh, saving at, uh, more than four out of every five. Spent the heart of his career with that Stoke City club I mentioned earlier. Team's current form, they are unbeaten in their last 17, and they have won seven straight. They have not conceded a goal in their last four league matches. Match number eight. All right, sleep fast. New bite. Sunday morning comes early. We're headed over to the Elite One in Cameroon. That is their top flight. It is the 14th ranked league in all of Africa. And there's a big gap between them, by the way, and number 13, Nigeria. The top 12 are the ones that get to send multiple teams to the Champions League. So Cameroon are close ordinarily, but they need to take another uh, you know, moderately big league uh, leap up in quality before they're going to crack that top 12. All right, your matchup, number three, Young Sport Academy versus number B, Coton Sport. This is a one versus two matchup when I first scouted it, but it's changed. This is a league that is divided into two groups, and this is a group B matchup. Uh, Coton Sport, looking at the table, they trail number one, Stad Reynard, by one point and lead YOSA, that's Young Sport Academy, by five points. Uh, YOSA, they have a match in hand, though, on both of them. This is going to be one of the great races in the world. When they played earlier this season, uh, Coton Sport, they uh, defended their home turf quite nicely, got a 2-0 win. All right, let's talk about Yosa first. Uh, they were founded in 2004 and play in the city of Bamenda. That is the northwest part of the country. I'm always embarrassed when I find a city that's as big as this one that I'd never heard of before. Two million people. 
And yet it's largely an agricultural area in a way. At least that's where a lot of the, econ um, the economic uh, produce comes from, or product, if you will. And if you're a history buff, especially modern history, you might recognize this area as well. Uh, there's a strong movement to have a separate country called Ambazonia, and uh, they are they are ones that have a lot of European ties. And there there was an Ambazonian Anglophone separatists group that got expelled here in 2020. They rooted a lot of that out. Not a lot of domestic success for this club at the very highest levels, but they did win the uh, country's FA Cup in 2013. Last year, they only finished in ninth place in their group of 10, and they had to survive a relegation playout match against a second division team, I believe. That was just for the right to stay in this league. Uh, this year, they've got a, an average defense. The offense is a little better. This is... Goals are really hard to come by. Number three offense in this group out of 10 teams by averaging exactly one goal per match. I don't know if that means the offense is really poor in this league or the defense is really good, but they're tied for third best overall in goal differential in their group. Team's current form, they have won three straight with a very nice six versus nil goal differential. And now Coton Sport. This is a more known quantity for me. This is at least a recent power, maybe even a historical power in this league. They play out of Garoa, which is the capital of the North region. They have about uh, one and a quarter million people there. They are known, as you might deduce by the name, as the Cottoners. They have, though, a ghastly crest. It looks like, uh, no offense if you've got a five-year-old, but it looks like they gave a uh, photograph of a cotton plant to a five-year-old and uh, said, draw this. It's a really crudely drawn one, uh, pl cotton plant in the foreground. Anyway, 18 league titles, three-time defending champions. 2008, they had their best international run, and they lost to African Giants All-Ali out of Egypt in the Champions League final. This year, they lost in the second of the two qualifying rounds. They have the number one offense and defense going in the group, and the number one goal differential by a ton, a factor of two and a half. Teams current form, though, 0-2-1 in their last three, with just a three versus four goal differential. They're going to have to ramp up the offense, get back closer to that one and a half and change goals uh, average per 90 minutes if they want to get this done on the road. Match number nine. We finish off the weekend one more time in the UK. We're off to the Premier League in Wales, which is only ranked number 52 out of the 55 leagues in UEFA, so they only get the minimum number of European competition bursts. Their season is pretty much almost done. They finish a fair bit earlier than do the, Uster the other Western European leagues that are not truly uh, Northern or your summer leagues. Your matchup, number B, Connors Quay Nomads versus number one, TNS, the new Saints. They currently lead Connors Quay by nine points in the table. And because this race is pretty well sealed, what a great time for us to once again take a little break from the soccer and do something cultural. Usually this means food because I am a big fan of food. I try to eat it every day, in fact. But I'm also a big music fan. And this type that we're going to look at from Wales is a very old, centuries-old traditional type of uh, bardic music and poetry. There was a real marriage between these two over the centuries, a real uh, kind of social cast within the arts where you had like, you know, you had the poet and then you had the harp player and the traditional harp that they hold up there doesn't originate in Wales, the harp, and originates in Italy, but they do uh, one with three strings on it there, or three sets of strings, I should say, traditionally. The type of music and is known as Penithion. I'm pretty sure I'm getting the Welsh cloth. It's got a couple of L's in it. It looks like uh, Penilion, but Penithion, I think, is close. And uh, specifically, this is a type of music also called Caird Daunt when it's done in competition, which it very commonly is. There is a major uh, type of festival that takes place over in uh, Wales called the Eisteddfod. Once again, <laughs> Welsh folks, I hope that I'm getting that close to right. One of the major ones, and you'll either get a choral group, I think more traditionally male, but more modernly you can get males or females. But just as often, if not more often, you'll get a single singer. And they are singing one melody, a counter melody to uh, the harps, other melody. And in competition, there are really strict rules about it where to, in order to know where it's going to end, and it's improvisational, but you have to have the skill 
to end it, you have to go with a certain meter or a certain cadence the whole way through. And then when you get to the end, uh, the two melodies kind of have to come back together. So there's a clear ending to the music and you just didn't both stop randomly, both musicians, the harpists and uh, the poet, uh, the poet singer. Uh, but traditionally, like is common with a lot of old uh, style musics that were, uh, you know, patrons of the arts, nobility clergy, you know, very, very rich folk, the songs would be to sing the praises of the people who were paying for the music. But it is really, really unique. And so is, by the way, the Welsh harp. Because while the harp originated in Italy, the kind that they hold up as whales is traditional there and maybe even invented there is one that has three separate stats, sets of strings. They're trying to bring this back here in modern uh, harpistry, if that's a word, because it really fell out of favor compared to if you wanted to change keys, you used a pedal harp once that got invented. But all the semitones are separate with these three different strings or sets of strings on the more traditional three-string Welsh harp. So let's listen to a little bit you're going to hear this was one an old one with a, a male chorus doing one melody and the harp doing another this will be fun and then we'll get into our last match and match number 10 we're done finally Oh, but little impatient one, it would be worth the wait. Wednesday, yeah, you get a couple days off from your tracking new bites. We are off to the second greatest league in Europe, La Liga. They get four Champions League berths, one Europa League berth, and those will all start in the league stage, and then a playoff round berth into the Europa Conference League that comes right before the group stage. They're about halfway through the season in Spain, and your matchup, a bit of a surprise, number B, Girona, versus number three, Atletico Madrid. Girona, the surprising ones, trail number one, Real Madrid, by seven on goal differential is all. And then they lead Atletico Madrid by seven points. Ooh la la. Uh, series between these two, Atletico Madrid have owned them 3-5-0 and oh, the last couple, three seasons. You can catch this one in ESPN Deportes at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time Wednesday. Girona, they are known as the White and Reds. If you're not familiar, that city has a, a fair bit over 100,000 people there. It's a well-preserved ancient town, especially the Jewish quarter, and that's kind of made it somewhat touristy. This is a team that was actually relegated after 2018-19, and that ended their first ever stretch in the top flight of all of two years. So they made it back for the 2022-23 season to La Liga, and yeah, here they are competing hard for a title. Well, some of the reason for that is because in 2017, the same people that own the like Manchester United and the Yankees City Football Group, they bought 44% of the team. So they've clearly been investing some money. Only major trophy they've won, at least in recent years, 2007-2008, they won the second division. Although here in the area of Catalonia, where they are, the Super Cup Catalonia, they, uh, that's considered a major cup there in the region, they won that in 2019. And this particular club is very tied culturally to Catalan nationalism. So this is a good one to know. Last year, they finished in 10th place. This year, the defense is a lot closer to 10th, but they've got the number one offense, two and a third goals per match, second best overall goal differential. Key players you're going to want to look for, tied for third best in league scoring with 11 is Artem Dobovic from uh, Ukraine. He is striker for them. He's also tied for number one in goals plus assists. Lots of contributions. 23 national team appearances he's also made since 2017. He's expressed a lot of interest in playing for Inter Milan for some reason. So I don't know if a move is in, uh, is uh, imminent or not, but apparently he feels like he can get more money there is my guess. Tied for second best in the league in assists with five is Savio. There's a whole bunch of them right there at five. Uh, he is a Brazilian left winger and just 19 years old. He is on league here from, you know, an okay team from over in League One in France called Trois. Uh, Man City. Roma, Barcelona, all interested in him. Who knows who's going to make the biggest bid, but somebody's going to get him, although I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't loan him right back out to this club. 
The team MVP, though, in my opinion, this is using Foot Mob as a source, uh, and second best overall in the league, uh, Alex Garcia from Spain, here in Spain, rather, uh, central midfielder, three goals, four assists, 91% uh, passing accuracy. That is incredible, even for a central midfielder, and a ridiculous 80-plus percent accuracy on long balls. So they're getting some their goals in some very, very dramatic ways. He's also amongst the best in the league at his position in possessions one in the final third and interceptions. This is a real box-to-box player. Teams current form, they're unbeaten in their last 12 across all competitions, and they've had 13 goals in their last four matches across all competitions. Now, Atletico Madrid, a name I'm sure you're more familiar with veteran fans. They are the 15th ranked club in all of UEFA, known as the Mattress Makers, based on uh, the type of striping that is in their crest and what was used in mattresses at a certain time. They have won 11 11 league titles. Last time they hoisted it was 2021. They've won three Europa League titles, all in the 2010s, most recently 2017-18. They're about to play in the Champions League round of 16 against the aforementioned Inter Milan. Last year, they finished in third place. This year, the defense is what's holding them back. They're only uh, a little bit above average in that regard, but they've got the number three offense, getting exactly two goals per match, third best overall goal differential. I believe that their team MVP, as he's tied for number three in the league in scoring, uh, with 11 is their superstar, Antoine Griezmann from France. Striker. He's a veteran. 127 national team uh, appearances. If you've are if you found us because you are noob, this is the one name you need to know on this team. Although I will mention that tied for second best in assistant league with five is uh, Spanish central midfielder Saul Niguez, a guy I wasn't familiar with until now. Team's current form. They are 1-1-1 one, one, and one in their last three. Bring forth the bonus matches! Indeed, bring them out in all of their fine regalia. Your very unique bonus matches start with a first versus last place matchup. My daughter dramatically calls the... Route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, week. Week, week. And we're coming over to our part of the Western Hemisphere. Tuesday match in Jamaica, their Premier League, which is the 10th ranked one in all of CONCACAF. That's the confederation here in our region. The top six teams from this league will go to their domestic playoffs. The top two regular season finishers will get buys right to the semifinals. But it is not the playoffs where it is determined who will get to go on to international bursts. The top two from the regular season will go on to the CONCACAF Caribbean uh, Championship or Cup. That is a feeder tournament to the CONCACAF Champions Cup formerly known as the CONCACAF Champions League. Get it, got it, good. Two teams on the other end, just as relevant here, are going to get relegated, and they're about halfway through the regular season. Your matchup is last place, number 14, Lime Hall Academy versus number one, we've talked about them recently, Mount Pleasant Academy. All right, Mount Pleasant, looking at their side of the table. Uh, They lead number B, Arnett Gardens. That was the matchup that we covered last week or the week before by four points. And then you've got Lime Hall, they trail number 12 Treasure Beach by three points, and they've got to get that high or a little higher, I should say, in order to avoid relegation. All right, let's talk about them. It turns out that this is really a, a, I don't know if they have a lot of history playing each other, maybe second exhibitions, since Lime Hall, I think, is pretty new to the top flight, at least recently. But they're in St. Anne's Bay. They both are. Uh, this is in the north central part of the country. has maybe 15,000 people in the town. This is the parish area where Columbus Landed, Yeah, history buffs, you got it right. Uh, they are also one of two winless clubs, our Lime Hall, on this season so far. In fact, their manager quit on them in November. 2009-2010, they actually competed here in the top flight, but under a different name called uh, Benfica. Yes, just like the uh, Portuguese big team. Hard to say where they're struggling more. They've got the worst offense going, getting only a half a game per match on average. Worst defense as well. One and three quarters in change is bad enough to be the worst in this league. I don't know who to tell you to look for. Nobody on the team has multiple goals even on the season. Team's current form, they've lost two straight. Those were both road matches, though. And uh, they've only got a nil versus six goal differential. 
And now Mount Pleasant, as I mentioned again, they're out of St. Uh, Anne's Bay. Last year, they were third place in the regular season, and they were their playoff champions, the first title that they had won. They're pretty well balanced. Uh, this is not... I don't think they're my favorite to win the league. They've only got the fourth best goal differential. Uh, the offense is only average, one and a half goals per game or so. Uh, the defense is a little bit better, but not much. Uh, on the scoring leaderboard for them, key player to look for with four is Kimoni Bailey. Team's current form, one, one, and three in their last five. So we're always looking for something that we can point to and say, maybe Lime Hall have a chance. Well, Mount Pleasant aren't at their absolute best right now. Could you be... The most meaningless match in the world. Yes, you could. You're so boring. No question that they are worthy of this celebration of song, the most meaningless match in the world. Two teams trapped smack dab in the middle of their table. No real fear of getting relegated. No high hopes of getting to go to continental competitions. Oh, so meaningless. But are they? We're going to celebrate them even if nobody else will. Let's go to Kuwait for this Thursday match. Their top flight's called the Premier League. It is ranked just number 21 in the Asian Football Confederation. Uh, that's just a little bit above average in the AFC. The top six teams the end of the first phase of this season will go on to the championship round. The rest will get divided off into a relegation round. They're about halfway through the double round robin regular season in Kuwait. Uh, one team will get to go to the AFC Champions League 2 group stage. That is currently called the AFC Cup and is the equivalent of the Europa League. Two teams are going to get relegated and these folks don't have to worry about that much. Number 6 Cosma versus number 5 Salmia. Salmia currently lead Cosma by two points in the table. Cosma, they lead number seven, Faha Hill, by one point. When they played earlier this season, it was Cosma that got the road win 1-2. to two. Let's talk about them first. They play out of the area called um, Adelia in Kuwait City. The club is named, interestingly, for a 7th century AD battle that took place maybe about a half, away, half hour away from here right on the coast. They've won four league titles. Last one was 1996. The 2010 AFC Cup quarterfinal is their best ever continental finish, although they have been to what is now called the Champions League. It didn't used to be uh, a couple of times. Obviously, they weren't this century. Last year, they finished in third place. We're a little less meaningless. This year, the defense is what's dragging them down. The offense is a little above average, but uh, that D, they're giving up almost two and two-thirds goals per match. They're not even trying to stop anybody. Overall, no number eight goal differential. They're more likely to slide down with that defense than they are to ever climb up. Nevertheless, the offense, uh, that is largely headed by Ahmad Ersan from Jordan, attacking midfielder with five goals on the season. Team's current form, though, yeah, that slide already beginning. They have lost three straight and lost by an average score of nil to four. Yeah, ouch. All right, uh, Salmia. That is a city of about 225,000, East Central Port. Uh, there are lots of folks from India and a lot of non-Persian Gulf uh, native Arabs that live in this area. They are known as the Terrible Troublers, the soccer team, not the immigrants. That would be weird. Uh, four league titles they won last time was just before the turn of the century, 1999-2000. In 2005, they made their only Champions League appearance, got to the group stage. Last year, they finished just a touch ahead of where they are now in fifth place. This year, very well balanced. They are who they are. Number six offense, number five defense, number five goal differential. Tied for number three in scoring with six on the year is their Brazilian center back, 35 years old, no less. He must be playing a lot of wing back. I can't think at that age he's a box-to-box -box player. As Alex Alex Lima. Uh, he played for Cosma, interestingly, for quite a while, 2015 through 19. Team's current form, they're not on a slide like Cosma, but they're 0-3-2 in their last five, but at least they've scored goal differential 2-8 over that stretch. We've celebrated the oh-so-good across the world. We even just finished celebrating a little bit of the admittedly mediocre. But now it is time for the match of... Disappointed! And these two sad sap bottom feeders, which we will not be celebrating, but we will talk about, come to us once again from Scotland. Yes, it's our second trip there. we got to go back and kick these teams in the patootie. 
Your matchup, number 11, Motherwell versus number 12, last place, Livingston. Livingston, they trail Motherwell by three points. Motherwell, in turn, uh, they trail number 10, Ross County, by just a single point. So all hope is not lost. Got to give uh, not credit where it's due, but you know, at least say that these teams aren't necessarily doomed. But it's started to look that way. We are at the half point, halfway point, and it's likely they are who they are. Series between these two has all been Motherwell, 13-6-3. Maybe this is where they can start their climb towards respectability. Livingston, however, won the first game between them 2-0. So not much respectability to be found overall. Motherwell, they are known as the Well or the Steel Men. In fact, the town after which they're named, Motherwell or Mitherwall if you prefer the Scottish, uh, used to be known as Steelopolis. But this town at 33,000, that's about 15 miles southwest of Glasgow, is, truth be told, still recovering economically from the steel industry collapse of the 1980s that affected a lot of cities around uh, both Scotland and the UK. Uh, Footy-wise, they're still in recovery mode maybe as well. They haven't won a top-flight title since 1931-32. They've won four t- uh, Division II titles, but the last time was when Madonna was just starting to get popular, 1984-85. I wonder what made me think of her. That was strange. 2012-13, they made their only ever Champions League appearance, entered in and lost in the third qualifying round. Last year, they finished a little more towards the middle. Might have find them in a meaningless match. Number seven. This year, their defense is not devoid of meaning. It is filled with existential angst. It is the worst, giving up almost one and two-thirds goals per match. The offense is a little more average. Overall, number 10 goal differential. They're going to be flirting with that RPO spot, I think, all season. Rather than look at top players with any value for these teams, we're going to look at the MDPs, most disappointing players. Yeah, I like my affixes. Liam Kelly, their goalkeeper. No way we're not picking on him. He's got a terrible save percentage, worst in the league by far, and uh, just awful on long ball accuracy. They just must not have a viable backup. I don't know how this guy is the regular starter. At one point, the not too terribly distant past, he was somewhat well thought of. He made a national team appearance in 2019. Uh, Not going to catch a sniff of that now, nor will anybody on the club. They are winless in their last 15. And now Livingston, you've only got to go a little bit further south and west to find them. They're about a half hour southwest of Glasgow proper, town of about 60,000. They're a part of an area known as Silicon Glen, a play on Silicon Valley, clearly, but that industry went downhill for them in the 1990s. More of a diversified light industrial economy right now. Boo, they are known as the Lions. Get more creative, every third team in the world. Come on, I don't care if it's alliterative with Livingston. No excuses in the match are disappointed. Last year, they finished in eighth place. This year, the defense, it's not good. The offense, though, makes the defense look great. It is the worst in the league. I'm not sure it's close. They're barely averaging more than a goal every other match on average. Worst goal differential. This is a team I think is going to stay in last place. Their MDP is Bruce Anderson, their striker. Only three goals and not a single assist in 18 appearances. In fact, despite the fact that he's a regular starter for them, he just doesn't get the ball much in general. Maybe his teammates don't like him. I'm not sure I like him. Not sure I like any of them. Team's current form, they are winless in 11 straight. And it is time for your MDF, your most disappointing fact. They are twinned with a German town that I cannot pronounce, probably Landkreis in Germany. It doesn't have to mean anything. I just saw that and I really liked that really long German name. And rather here now that we are at the end than wish them goodwill or good fortune, we will instead shoo them away in our deserved and harsh fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Hey, boo. boo! And that's a wrap on episode 168 of Soccer Day Brock in America featuring Person Noob. Thank you very much to he who is known mysteriously as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry to Dan the Interno or former Interno Inferno for all of his continued uh, creative efforts and inspirations to daughter Person Noob. Thank you very much for taking time out from your basketball practice and archery and everything else that you have going on now that you're a middle schooler. And thank you to you, whether you're in middle school, high school, school, college, old and decrepit like me, or somewhere in between for finding us. We hope you've enjoyed it and will consider passing us along to your footy-minded friends. Until we can do it again in a few days, have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.